We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. Have you ever wondered what keeps you engaged or why it's easier for you to remember some things better than others? Well, my conversation this week on the Scene to Lead podcast, Student Edition, with Sarah Regan talks about just that. Have you ever thought that when a teacher is teaching a class and giving one of those small lectures or small talks, if they move around, that will keep the student's attention on them? Or have you ever thought the idea of understanding being much more important than memorization simply for the fact that students can build that understanding by attaching content to something personal in their lives? And we do talk about the idea of person in their lives because support, engagement, and empowerment has to do with how well the teacher knows the student and how well the student knows the teacher. Look, Sarah has a lot of good things to say about this from attending different activities outside of the classroom and making schools an environment where it's not just about academics, but it's a place where the whole community can find something that means something to them. This episode of Seeing to Lead with Sarah is all about personalization, relationships, and mutual respect in the classrooms and outside of the classrooms if we're truly to support, engage, and empower every student in the building. We all play a role, teachers, leaders, and everyone else that comes into contact. So once again, I thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm sure you're going to find a lot of value in this episode as Sarah discusses with us how you can make connections with students through mutual respect. When someone just thinks about someone like that and really takes their time to think about who they actually are as a person, it goes miles. It goes miles. And... I just, I really think that that's what matters is that personal aspect of, hey, I really thought of you and I really took your hobbies and likes into consideration and I would like you to try this. It really, it matters a lot. Hey, Dr. Chris Jones here and welcome to Seeing to Lead Student Edition, a show designed to help teachers and leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their students through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from students in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what students need and teachers and leaders provide through thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. 
Okay, and welcome to another episode of Seeing to Lead, the student edition. I'm Dr. Jones, your host, and today we're lucky enough to be talking to Sarah Regan. She's a senior in high school, looking at colleges and involved in all kinds of different activities. I first noticed Sarah the most when she was in her student leadership roles, uh, making it a better environment for everybody involved. So, Sarah, thanks for taking the time and welcome to the podcast today. Of course. I'm really happy to be here. So, Sarah, I just mentioned a little bit about you, but just so the listeners can get to know you a little more or understand where you're coming from a little more, could you tell us some of the things that, you know, you're interested in in school, what you, what you like about school or all in all, I guess, what you're really passionate in school and what you plan on doing in the future? Yeah, of course. So I'm really passionate in anything with science and I really like joining a ton of clubs where I can meet new people and my sports. I really enjoy my sports because it just becomes like a team and like the family aspect of it. I really enjoy it a lot. It brings people really close together, but um, science definitely is where my strong suit is. I'll take any and all science classes. <laughs> I think I've literally <laughs> taken every single one at this point, but yeah. I love it. It's really great. So now you had mentioned a couple of different universities and colleges that you're looking into as we're in this busy part of your senior year. And you're mentioning a lot of science. So what are we looking at in the future? What are your, what are your plans? So uh, definitely either biomedical engineering or biochemistry. Both pretty tough, but I'm really looking forward to it. Now, what is it about biomedical engineering or biochemistry that you like? It's really just, I want to be on the lab end of helping people with diseases or like genetic diseases, autoimmune diseases, anything with that. I just, I want to do my part and help out because I see my mom, she's a nurse and she does the kind of bedside manner part. And I kind of want to be in like the lab based part. <laughs> well, good. I, you know, something you said made me think you talked about those two career tracks and they, they are tough. Um, I had a friend, geez, way back in high school, I might be dating myself a little bit, but <laughs> way, way back in high school who wanted to do biomedical engineering and ended up actually going to WPI for it. Mm -hmm. But like you said, really, really tough fields to get into. How has school helped you? How have your teachers supported you? What's that look like in class to keep you interested in such a tough track? So it's definitely all the opportunities I'm given, all these AP classes and kind of building up to them as well, because I definitely didn't come into high school with any confidence thinking that I could do these hard classes. And it really was my teachers that gave me that confidence and showed me that I am good enough to be in these classes and I am good enough to go into that field. And it really gave me the confidence to start pursuing those dreams and once I got that confidence, it really was just nothing would stop me at that point. And so all of those opportunities I was given with certain classes and my helpful teachers was really kind of just the kickstart of everything. And also my parents, of course, they, they really gave me that confidence too. And I, I can't thank them enough for it. See, I love hearing that. The idea that at first you weren't confident enough to do it until you really believed in yourself. Can you, for the listeners to this podcast, can you give us anything you remember as far as specific things teachers did or said for you that helped build that confidence and support you? Yeah, so it was kind of just when I stayed after with them a lot, because when I was thinking I couldn't understand something in class and I stayed after with them, it took about five minutes for me to eventually just get it when I really thought I would never have gotten this topic and this would never click in my brain and then I took that five extra minutes with that teacher and everything was clear and it was perfect. And I could go on with my homework and to my tests and it gave me a much clearer path. 
And so going after to those hours and having the teacher really just kind of personalize it to me, even for those 5-10 minutes that I was there, it made all the difference. I really think so. So it's almost it's almost the idea that teachers made themselves available or open to you. But you also mentioned something really important. They personalized it. Because mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, was there a different approach? So was there a different approach to from after school and class? Yeah, it was a lot more personalized for how I see things. Um, personally, in chemistry, doing the like kind of scenarios really helped it click in my head. And for some kids, it might not be. It might be the scientific words, the everything. But it was just the teachers seeing how I understood and giving me those different scenarios and examples to really help my brain in the ways that it works to understand this topic. And it was really helpful. So what would that look like in a class? Because that's great if a, if a student can stay after, but we know not all students like to stay after school all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what, is there a way to get that done in the classroom for a teacher, do you think? I've seen it in a couple of my classes, but I just feel like it's kind of hard to get into the brains of every single student. But I feel like if a lot of kids are like me, those scenarios really help out. So it's kind of just like telling a story because telling that story, it'll, I feel that personally, I feel like that it keeps a student engaged and they can relate to it more almost. And it's kind of putting your personal life in with what you're learning. And in some of my psychology classes, I actually learned that connecting something to parts of your life when you're learning about it really makes it stick. And so maybe that's why. I really like these scenarios, but those are what really helped me. And if it's kind of set up as a story, then I feel like it could really branch out to a lot of students at once. So you mentioned something, another thing that's important. You keep mentioning these things that I I definitely want to go back and unpack a little bit with you. You said telling that story or that, that personalized scenario really helped engage you. How do you get engaged or how can teachers like your experiences and and maybe some of the things you might have hoped for to experience, how can teachers get students engaged in the material? I think it's really just the walking around. I've noticed whenever my teachers walk around the class and I'm following them with my eyes, it just, it keeps my attention on my teacher. And if they're standing in one spot, I find my eyes wandering, looking at posters on the walls or looking at what like my other students are doing. Like someone's twiddling their pencil, I'll start looking at that. But really it's if like, the teacher, what I'm supposed to be keeping my attention on is moving as well. I feel like it lessens my eyes from wandering, which helps. That's So that's really interesting. I've never heard that before from a student about paying attention and that their eyes focus on whatever's moving so that they pay attention to that. I think that's really cool that you brought that up, that physical piece of it. Mm -hmm. So if a teacher is talking and they're giving these uh, a mini lecture or explanation or anything like that by by what you're saying they should be moving around the room as opposed to maybe if they're explaining something on the board they should be standing still so as not to distract Mm -hmm. the student yeah so you did mention it might distract some students which also brings in the aspect of like how everyone learns differently but i could definitely see that it could definitely be distracting but also for me It's just when they're moving, I'm listening to their voice. I'm watching their actions. And when teachers talk with their hands, it really helps me too because I can watch their (laughs) hands. And it's kind of just like, it keeps me like, oh, what's going to happen next? Where are they going to go next? And so it's kind of just like, I want to know. So that's what helps me. That makes a ton of sense. 
So they get you engaged by moving around or they, or they keep you connected to the lesson. Is there anything content wise, because especially with your science classes, there's, Mm -hmm. there's some serious content in science classes. Is there anything that gets you engaged in the content? Now, I know that you really like science and there are students that really like it. And there are some students that are ho-hum about it. Yeah. But what, what is it about science that teachers can do or any subject, I guess, for that matter, to get students engaged in that content material? Well, I really think it's something that doesn't really happy, happen normally. Like when we see things that we don't normally see in our everyday life, like in chemistry, when we see a reaction, it's like, oh my God, really? Like that just happened in front of my eyes. And I feel like stuff like that really helps because it, like science is amazing. There's so many things that happen. And when we just keep on looking at the mundane, it kind of just, there's no more interest in it anymore, I feel like. So whenever you can sneak in something that's like, whoa, it's, I feel like it kind of just wakes you up more and you're like, oh, that was really cool. Like, can I see something else? And I feel like that's what kind of helps too. Okay. So the extra, I, and I really like the way you put that when you're tired of seeing the mundane, when you just keep seeing the mundane, you kind of turn out and uh, mm-hmm. get bored with that. So let's, I mean, just shifting gears a little bit, let's take it one step further to the empowerment piece. Because we want we want students to be empowered. We talk about student voice. We talk about making sure students are heard. But it's really important to support students first so they get that feeling, like you had said, that confidence, and then engage them in what they're doing. How can teachers empower students in the classroom? I really think it's always just focusing on what they're doing well and uh, on what they're doing kind of not so well, kind of they're not, it's not their strong suit, might I say. Yeah. I feel like not really tearing them down because of that, but really focusing on it and giving them that positive reinforcement when even those small steps are made. Because I really see that that's where the confidence is built is in the small steps. Because when you get to the big step, you expect there to be a positive reinforcement. But when you're on that small step and a teacher congratulates you on something and you're like, oh, I didn't know that was worth being congratulated on. And then you feel really good about it and you want to do it again. That's where I see, I feel like the big impact is really made. From the small steps, just noticing the small things. Mm-hmm. So so let me ask you this. I, I have a feeling you'll, you might have some things to say about this. When you talk about congratulating on the small steps and pointing those things out, is there a difference between that and the dreaded trophy for everything type of mentality? And what's that look like? Yeah. I could definitely see that because of those just like, oh, like just giving out it to anyone. But also uh, it's to me kind of like the phrasing more so like when they say like sportsmanship award, it's like, oh, everyone gets one of those. But I feel like if there's honestly even just like different wording for things, it really just like you don't see it as, oh, everyone's getting that. It's like, oh, I'm getting that. Like, I feel really good about it. But even if other people are getting it and it's like maybe like a sticker or something, like even just like the simplest (laughs) things, because like I loved getting stickers, like I would get a different sticker than my friend. And I think like, oh, like my sticker is better. But it wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't. But it's honestly just like it's kind of switching it up a little bit, just like different wording, different styling. And uh, it still gives the same effect, I feel. So... And it's funny that you mentioned stickers. Dare I ask what grade you were in when you were talking about the stickers and loving the stickers? Oh, uh, yeah, that could be senior year. Could be senior year. <laughs> I got a cinnamon roll sticker and I loved it. Oh, that, well, that's a good sticker. A cinnamon roll sticker is a good <laughs> sticker. I remember when I first saw stickers being given out in high school to students, 
I was an assistant principal at another school and it was funny. I went in to observe this teacher and she decided to give out stickers and she did it as a review activity and the students went nuts mm-hmm. over getting stickers for notebooks. I was shocked. I would have never guessed that if I was sitting in a workshop and they said, Hey, you know what you could do to get um, engagement up? You could give out stickers to students. I would have been <laughs> like, yeah, okay, whatever. But no stickers, stickers do matter. That's important that people realize that. <laughs> But. I know it's honestly not even just the fact that it's a sticker, but it kind of just like reminds us when we were younger and we'd get that sticker and it would mean so much. And I feel like in my personal opinion, I haven't been given a sticker in a while. So when I was given that sticker, I was like, oh my God, like I remember getting stickers. It used to make me so happy. And it kind of just gave me back that feeling of like when I was like in elementary school and middle school. And it honestly just gave me a lot of happiness seeing the sticker, even though I know it was just a sticker. <laughs> Right. Well, so let me ask you kind of a far out question and see if there's a connection here. Because you said something there. You said it reminds us of when we were younger. And instantly I go to the idea of elementary school and kids love school in elementary school. Mm -hmm. And then as they get older, that that luster kind of falls away. Is there a connection to that in some way? I definitely could see that. Like when I walk into a high school, it is a totally different atmosphere than when, because uh, I just visited the middle school actually, and it was a totally different atmosphere. Like in certain classrooms, there'll be more posters and everything, and there'll be certain Halloween decorations on like doors with like those like jelly stickers that they put up there. And it's just like, it's smaller things like that that kind of just give it a fun atmosphere. And uh, definitely doing like the Halloween based stuff, Christmas based stuff on that, just like, certain weeks to look forward to. I feel like that definitely made the difference because I don't see that in a high school at all. And it would make sense because you're growing up, you're going to be in the, like, the real world and there's not going to be like jello stickers on windows in the real world. But I feel like there is still stuff like that in the real world because like I'll be walking down the street going to my job and I'll see like a little kid holding hands with their mom and they're like swinging her back and forth and it makes me happy. And I feel like stuff like that is really engaging and it brings like a positive attitude to the school. And uh, I definitely feel like adding more of just the little fun things to kind of make it feel like this isn't really high school. I'm going in to take like a calculus test today. Like (laughs) I can maybe like just, I don't know. I just, I feel like a lot of like posters, pictures, anything like that, that just kind of makes it a little bit more fun is just what really adds. Uh, is is high school missing fun? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> a little bit? Yeah. Trying to be too serious? Mm-hmm. It really is. Like, we are high schoolers. Like, freshmen enter and they're like 14 years old. Yeah, sure, when you're leaving, you're 18. But I just feel like those years in between, it's like they're really just cracking down on like the, it's serious, which is important. Definitely is important. But I feel like there should be some breaks in there where you can just feel like you're back in elementary school once in a while. <laughs> so do you, that's an interesting thing because you talk about, and, and you said one of my my most disliked phrases, mm. the real world. How, but, but we use it all the time when we're talking about school, especially high school. And now let's put this into perspective. So we're talking about how high school's too serious and we're missing some of the fun that we should have because we're super serious, getting you ready for the real world. 
But yet we walk out into the real world and we see some of these things that we're, we're cutting away. Mm-hmm. Some of the autonomy that students have or don't have. Why aren't we treating schools or how could we possibly treat high school more like the real world? So they're not two separate worlds because if, if high schools are preparing students for outside of high school, shouldn't it be the real world that they're walking into? Yeah, you got a really good point there. Um, uh, the real world, quote unquote. (laughs) (laughs) It's like this for teachers. I mean, this is the real world if you really think about it, which is really weird too. Um, But I feel like for everyone, it's different because like, if you're going to be an elementary school teacher, you're going to be living it up. But like, you're doing like an office job, I feel like it'd be different. And I just feel like there's so many ways to prepare students for that, that it's just so broad. And really, it's like, you have to touch on bases with so many different pathways that students could go. And so I feel like it's definitely hard to prepare everyone. But I just feel like the balance between the seriousness and kind of the silliness, like the fun is really important because I mean, I see my parents and they go to work and uh, they come home and they just want to like watch some TV or like listen to some music. Like my mom will cook in the kitchen and she'll like be playing like jazz music. And it's just like stuff like that where it's like, there's so many aspects that get touched upon that it's really, really broad for the real world. So I feel like it's be difficult. So thinking about the real world, thinking about balance, and I mean, we can kind of put it all together because you're talking about in class where it's difficult with all the different ways students learn. And sometimes it's better after school because of the personalization that can happen. But either way, there's a broad spectrum of people's needs and how they learn and how they behave and act. What should school look like if it's going to be the most successful in supporting the students that need support, engaging those that are a little unengaged, and um, empowering students to really take that next step forward. In in your opinion, what would that school look like? Yeah, um, I feel like in my opinion, it would really just be uh, obviously a focus on uh, keeping that attention on the, on the teachers and really getting that information understood because you can memorize something, but if you understand it, then that's going to stick with you a lot more. And uh, that memorization is kind of just like, I feel like I've seen it on the back burner more and I really enjoyed it seeing understanding more important than just memorization because I've noticed that it works more on me. And also just the respectfulness really because respect is so important, especially when uh, you're in that adolescence phase and uh, there's just everything you need to learn and respect is one of them. And I've seen my teachers doing a really good job on it. And when they notice there's a certain level of disrespect that's getting reached, they bring it back down. And uh, it's not in a disrespectful way to the students either. And I really enjoy that, seeing that they uh, want these students to value their respect, but they also value the students' respect. And at that point, it's just a positive feedback loop. The more respect that's given is taken. And I really enjoyed seeing that in my classes this year. And uh, I think also uh, with that balance is just hard work that gets rewarded. Like when I go to rally, I think that is the best reward ever. Like I really enjoy rally and some students don't. And it makes me really like sad to think about that. But 
I feel like there's some other things that students could really like see as a reward. It's like those like basketball games, those volleyball games and going to all of those and like cheering on your fellow students and even being in them too. It's really fun. And so it's just like at the, at the end of the week, there's always like something to look forward to, like those games or like some event or some really big event like rally that I look forward to and stuff like that. So it's like you're doing all of this work so that you can have that play. and focusing on that is really good because I feel like when uh, you do a lot of work for something, you appreciate it a lot more because you did all that work to get there. And that's what I think is important. That's such a fantastic answer. I I love everything that you said there. And I definitely, because you kind of brought it up, I, I definitely have a question about clubs, activities and sports and students level involvement in that. But first I want to go back to something you said about understanding mm-hmm. instead of memorizing. Supporting your teachers and students seems to be a struggle. They just don't seem to be engaged. You wish they would take more responsibility for their learning and culture of the building, but they just don't seem to be empowered enough to do it. So my question is, have you checked out the book Seeing to Lead yet? It's all about creating a true educational experience where learning, growth, leadership, and community take center stage. Full of strategies and resources, Seeing to Lead is about attaining that goal by employing a model that supports, engages, and empowers all individuals to become leaders themselves. Pick up a copy today at seeingtolead.com. That's S-E-E-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com. Remember, you don't become a leader and then decide you need to support and recognize others more than yourself. It is the moment you realize it's about supporting and recognizing others that you become a leader. Seeingtolead.com. You said sometimes understanding is put on the back burner. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and how we get it to the front burner? Because it's not just you. It's, it's every student remembers things longer or is able mm-hmm. to put things to use more if they understand it. So if you could tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, so I've definitely noticed it in a lot of my psychology classes, obviously because, you know, the brain and how it works. And it's really great to just learn about it. But once I started learning about it, I saw it in the rest of my classes. So it's certain things when my teachers would, uh, instead of just make you have flashcards and memorize the flashcards, instead, they would have you play this game where you take everything you remembered without any like looking at your notes first or anything like talking about it first. You just take what you remembered, like just from last class and you just apply it to something. Say it's like using an example. Can you take what we talked about last class, put it into an example. And it made me think a lot more than just a word and its definition. It made me think of the word and how it happens in my everyday life, how it really means and how it connects to other things. And so it's like, I did an example where it was like going grocery shopping and I had to use every single one of those words somewhere in where I go grocery shopping. And I remember every single one of those words now, which was really weird because I stared at those definitions and I didn't remember them for the life of me. That's funny. You know, I remember, I don't remember the words now, but I remembered them for the longest time. Freshman year in high school for me, one of the extra credit assignments, and I was going to gobble up any extra credit assignment I could get. One of the extra credit assignments was to use all the vocabulary words. And this is back when we had like the Shawstack readers where Mm -hmm. we get 20 words a week. We had to use them all in a paragraph. 
and write a, write a story, a fictional story with those words in it. And I remember those words for the longest time, mm-hmm. longer than I would have yeah. if I had flashcards. Exactly. I just, I feel like whenever you have to apply it to something and get examples, it really just like gets in your brain and stays there. Like it's not going anywhere <laughs> at that point. So that's what we should, we should work on with students with information for understanding. We should work on real world practical application or um, meaning to students and authentic meaning to students. So, and I told you I was going to come back to this clubs, activities, sports, you know, schools have all these different things. And if you could just talk for a minute, how important it is for teachers, administrators, leaders, even parents to encourage students to join these and why it's important as far as, you know, support or engagement or empowerment goes. Honestly, it could be the most important for me because when I stay after school and uh, I'm putting more time than what is required of me there, and I notice different things because when I stay after, my teachers will talk to me and it'll be like, I just like met them on like the street or something. And it's like a different relationship after school because uh, they're really, they're there for me and I'm there for them too. And so when I have a club with a teacher that I have in class, they see me outside of the classroom. They see my interests. I see their interests too. And it really just strengthens a relationship so that when I go back in school and I'm learning from that teacher, I can understand more and I can see their side. They can see my side. And it kind of just connects us a lot better along with my students as well. Because I can see someone in a classroom and if I'm with them after school at a club, it's totally different. I really, I really do believe that. And you can joke about things and it's, it's a little less serious, but it's still school. And so I can have fun with my fellow classmates and my teachers, but it also is benefiting me too. Like when I do seek, it's benefiting like the, the earth too. And so it's just, there's so many different aspects of it that benefit myself, others, and I just, I really enjoy it. It builds friendships, connections with teachers. And also I can see the school as less of just, oh, I have to go to these classes I'm required to take. But instead it's like, oh my God, I can do robotics. I can do chess. Like these are all my interests and they're at the school as well. And so I see school in more of a positive light when I do those clubs because it's less of a requirement because I'm putting my voluntary time to be there. And it really just, I see it as so, so much better. Honestly, I didn't do a lot, but sophomore year, I started just joining things that I thought would be fun. Even if I'd never done them before, it made the biggest difference ever. Like I can't even stress enough how much of a difference it made in my school environment. I, I loved clubs. Love it. So what I'm hearing is if schools want to better support, engage, or empower students, they need to make sure that they're more, they're about more than just academics. They need to connect to personal interests. They need to provide these opportunities for students. Is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. Yes. Extremely. Yeah. So Sarah, all these things you're saying are absolutely fantastic. And I, I'm, I'm sure people are going to be taking some of these ideas and running with them or expanding on them. We're getting near the end of the end of the episode. And I always ask people a couple questions at the end, but one I definitely always ask is 
What's the most important piece of advice you would give to teachers, leaders, schools to use so that they could make sure they're better supporting, engaging, or empowering students each day? Yeah, so I would definitely say that students and anyone that these leaders are leading, sort of, it's kind of just, there's no pedestal that the leader or teacher is on and everyone's just equal there. And a leader and a teacher is someone who will have influence, positive influence over those that they lead, like the students or like a team, something like that. And there's no pedestal at all. And the respect goes both ways, definitely. And uh, I feel like when a leader thinks that they're better than those that they lead, they're, that's not leading anymore at that point. And so just seeing students as kind of equals and giving them that proper respect that you'd give someone else, say like that was your age or something. Because I feel like age definitely brings a factor into it. But if we're going to be expected to be doing these things, taking these classes, getting ready for college, like we deserve that respect. And uh, if we're giving those leaders that respect, we deserve it back. And I feel like once both ends realize that there's that respect that's there, then uh, everything just starts to come into play. Like students will listen to what these leaders are saying and really take them into consideration because they respect what they say. They think what they're saying is really beneficial to them instead of just brushing it off, saying that like, oh, they're just saying that they don't actually mean it. But once that that kind of connection is like, no, like they're really here for me. They're really trying to help me. I should listen to them. I should really take what they're saying and bring it into my everyday life. That's where I think it really matters is just respect a lot. Sounds like your piece of advice is just make sure everybody in the building respects each other and then you can overcome any problems, mm-hmm. any issues, and it makes people want to be there. Yeah, it really does. It really does. I mean, who doesn't want to be respected, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when that when that respect is there, do you think do you think that plays into if a teacher needs a student to try a little harder, stay after school, or wants to join a club or something like that, you think it's easier for that teacher to get that student to do those things or that student may even want to do those things? Oh, definitely. I mean, even personally, there's some teachers that I connect better with. And when they mention something for me to try out or for me to do instead or give me a different option, I will totally be more opt to uh, actually take it into consideration and start doing it if I think that what they're suggesting to me is not just to say or to do, or even just because they they run it themselves, say, and they want me to just join it to get those numbers up. Like if they, if I feel that they really want me to succeed and think I will succeed and enjoy what they've been suggesting to me, that's where I really feel like I would want to try it. Because if they're thinking of me, and uh, they're thinking of my interests, my likes, my hobbies. And uh, they're really saying, oh, I really think Sarah would enjoy this. I really think that this would better her. Then I, at that point, need to try it because someone thought of me that way. And uh, if I see that, then 
I need to try it. I need to at least give them that I did try it out. And maybe it might not work. Maybe it will. But when someone just thinks about someone like that and really takes their time to think about who they actually are as a person, it it goes miles. It goes miles. And I just, I really think that that's what matters is that personal aspect of, hey, I really thought of you. And I really took your hobbies and likes into consideration. And I would like you to try this. It really, it matters a lot. Well, folks, you heard it here first from Sarah. Personalization, relationships, and respect are the most important things for supporting, engaging, and empowering the students we have in our buildings today. Sarah, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You, you took a chance. I appreciate it. And um, of course, it was it was wonderful talking to you. So, you know, hopefully we can continue the conversation at some point later. But uh, I'm sure you've given a lot of people a lot of stuff to think about today. I'm glad. Thank you very much. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Hey, thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you would like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at Dr. C.S. Jones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast today, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Also, one last thing. Have you had a chance to pick up my latest five-star rated book yet? Grab your copy of Seeing to Lead anywhere you buy books or at seeingtolead.com. That's S-E-E-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com, where you can learn more and continue to improve. Now go have a successful week. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E.